Jordan D. White here. I first want to thank everybody for the letters of concern uh, uh, being upset that I was arrested last week. As, as you know, I uh, there, the two two shows ago, there was a joke where we said there was a revolution, but there wasn't a revolution, guys. I don't know if you noticed. So I thought it was fairly obvious. It was a joke, but the police didn't really... I mean, again, I, I think the police are kind of famous for not having a sense of humor in some places. So they didn't have a sense of humor about this, and they thought that it was something to be concerned about. And I, like I said, I would assure you and them and future people who are listening to this for evidence that there was no revolution. There is no revolution. It was a joke. Haha, because it's a funniness. Um, so there's that. Now, uh, you're probably noticing that Frank Allen and Roy Sinjin aren't here. Yes, that's true. And I apologize for that. Uh, the reason is because it's an incredibly busy weekend, and so we're recording a little bit early, and we had to jam everything in here. It's a really, you know how we always say it's jam- jam-packed episode. It really is a jam-packed episode. There's a lot going on uh, in this episode. We have two regular serials, a Scapey story, and a new Scapey song, which is why we opened with a Scapey song, because I didn't have time to record a new Waxwork theme, so I figured, let's just make it a Scapey-themed thing. Speaking of which, Scapey is the only other person who's here recording with me, so hi, Scapey. Hello, uh, this is such a really wonderful Scapey-centric show, and I really do love when that happens. Because I think the show is better when I'm, like, high-ranking. Well, that's very normal of you to think that. I, I'm not shocked in the slightest. At any rate, um, we're not going to stick around. We're not going to... There's no extra history now this week. There's no... No, no, but what about singing the song? No, there's no... There's, we're not doing it this week. Well, can I just sing the song anyway? Oh, God. You're so ridiculous. You're going to do a big song later. We just spent a zillion years recording it. I'm exhausted. Let's not do a sk- yeah, come on. You, you would be ridiculous. All right, fine, but it's going to be the fastest version ever. You ready? One, two, three. Extra History Now? Is it? We're going to actually have it? No? Oh, what a shock. Well, I guess we did the song for nothing. Dad, we did a song for me. That's why we did the song. Whatever. That's ridiculous. Okay. We're going to get right to the shows. This is a really, really fun episode of Like Daughter. Um, this, this show just gets so creepy and, and fun, but it never stops being funny to me as well. So hopefully you guys will dive right in and enjoy Like Daughter. Episode 7, Curious George. 
George by Charles H. Berman. George Armand Fulgencio Batista had never found himself in so humiliating a position. Glowing with pride last year at the success of his well-known father, underwear model Francesco Batista, George had thought nothing of joining his favorite charity, the influential Carousel Agency, to save the koalas. It seemed the obvious thing to do, and a great way to attract environmentally conscious women. He'd never bothered to question how the koalas could be saved through the death of the apparently evil Hope Darling and her family, but he somehow knew beyond any doubt that it was the right thing to do. Now, the daughter he'd been entrusted to find and kill seemed to think he was part of some kind of international conspiracy. He was starting to regret his original koala-friendly decision, but there was no way he was going to allow himself to lose his cool as the answer to Pandora's threat came into his mind. Okay, go ahead. George, did you hear what I just said? We will kill you, and we will kill everyone inside that event center. If it's supposed to be an unstoppable, hidden international conspiracy, do you twerps seriously think I would put my insignificant individual life before the good of the cause? George, I know you've never listened to me before, but... Hear me out. There are a lot of innocent people in that auditorium. I can definitely tell Panny's not making an empty threat here. What could possibly be worth getting them killed for? <sighs> Koalas. Maybe you're too busy being a loser with your computers and Star Trek ever to notice, but the koalas are an endangered species, and if some self-important, arrogant humans have to die in order to safeguard the integrity of our noble effort to be the saviors of these poor, neglected creatures, then so be it. Conditioning, Bobby. It's hypnagogic. My mother taught me to recognize the signs anywhere. It's hypno-what? Hypnagogic. The suggestions are made during the period between consciousness and sleep. Just the sort of trickery you'd expect an organization like Cask to use against its own members. I'm not surprised they all seem so fanatically devoted. But, Pandy, isn't that the same thing your mother used on you? That's totally different, Bobby. She was fighting Cask. These people are part of an evil conspiracy. Cask isn't the evil conspiracy. The people against us are. It's these koala-killing... Quiet, George! I have no idea how you can compare them, Bobby. I hated the conditioning my mother gave me. But she did because without it, there was no way I would possibly help her to fight this international plot to rule the world. Cask only conditions people so they'll be unthinking robots. The thing is, Panny, if we're supposed to be trying to defeat Cask, I'm not exactly sure if we should be behaving exactly the same way that they are. That way, what are we even fighting against? Come down off your high horse, Bobby. I don't see how you can criticize me when you were the one who... <sighs> you get the door, Bobby. I'll keep watch on Baby Thong here until we can continue the interrogation. Okay, Pandy. Tabby! Bobby! It's good to see you. It's... It's good to see you, too. And I'm sorry about before. I can get over being jealous of Pandy for you. Eventually. I know it was really her you were interested in anyway. Well, yeah, it was. But that doesn't mean that always... I mean, I love Pandy. I'm really sorry it had to go the way it did. 
but how's the Social Knowledge Association going? To tell you the truth, I've always wanted to start something like that, but I didn't want to mention it with Pandy around. I wanted to get out into the community like the real activists, and I could never get many people to join the PACTCCC. You didn't know many people. Besides, I think the political agitation turned the pacifists away, and the careful consideration turned the way the activists. Hmm, I never thought of... Anyway, Bobby, that's what I came to talk to you about. You see, the first couple of meetings were really cool, and the group was really bonding, but a lot of the people we got at the association were a little odd. How do you mean? Odd people can make some of the best political thinkers. I mean, obviously, Jason doesn't count anymore, but Byron Vamaglasov took a vow of silence once. Omar Shefs goes on one-man missions. Alistair Golijinsky has the world's biggest collection I of- know, but I just wanted to find you to talk about it. Some of them are really over the top. Plus, I have to admit, I was a little bit worried. Your description really matches the one of the guy who killed Caleb at the benefit. I'm just so shaken up by everything. Wait a minute. Caleb's dead? You haven't heard? I thought you were at the benefit. I was! I must have missed it in the confusion. At least that might mean Pandy and I aren't the only people in the world fighting cask. Bobby, there might be other reasons somebody would want to kill Caleb. All the critics kept saying his music was terrible and he was trying to brainwash his fans. People can be such idiots, can't they? He was part of an evil worldwide conspiracy, Tabby. Maybe the brainwashing part was actually true. Hmm, yeah, well, I didn't think of that. Some of the people in my activist group said they knew about Caleb all along, but a lot of them seemed to believe the weirdest things. I mean, some of them thought neo-Nazis were poisoning the drinking water, or that the world is being controlled by newspaper editors using ciphers, or exposure to wristwatches influencing thoughts They're probably and- schizophrenics. Sometimes they show up at activist groups that they'll always believe somebody's conspiring against them. I don't really think you should worry about it. Except that they were like almost the whole group. That's the thing I needed to find you for. We're totally actually being conspired against. I guess I just needed something to believe in after I found out about Caleb. I designed the name of the group as bait. I was curious to see if Pandy was actually right about the acronym, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. At the most recent meeting, you found one person outside tapping the phone, another trying to plant incriminating documents in my living room, and a third patrolling the street impersonating a private policeman. It doesn't sound like they were a very competent conspiracy if they got discovered as easy as that. Yeah, they aren't, but now I can't get rid of them. Why don't you tell the police? That's part of their plan. Nobody would believe anybody that was in my association about them. They're called the Conspiracy Against Schizophrenic Kooks. I know because they accidentally left a memorandum on the floor. It was all about fooling Chuck Kane into thinking hope worked for the KGB. They think that they can do whatever they want as long as they conspire against paranoid schizophrenics because then nobody else will believe they really exist. We define schizophrenics by their delusions. Exactly! Bobby, where are you? We're supposed to be conducting some kind of urgent investigation in the basement in case you forgot. I'm sorry, Pandy. I just ran into... Don't mention me. The wall. I stubbed my toe. I'll be down in a minute. So you think the conspiracy against schizophrenic kooks is the real cask? That's what I wanted to talk about. And I'm actually glad I found you here instead of Pandy because I'd really rather not face her. Since I found out the conspiracy against schizophrenic kooks is real, I've been talking to some of the Social Knowledge Association members looking for, like, parallels in all the different casks. Pretty much, cask is an ideology. It's a mess. Bobby, where the hell are you? I had to start the interrogation. Oh my god, Pandy! I knew you were a backstabber, but I didn't think you were an actual backstabber! Whose blood is that? Er, your homecoming 
dates. But he's a member of CASP, Tabby. I know it. It's really a worldwide conspiracy. Carousel Agency to Save the Koalas. Just like Caleb and Special K. Whatever the acronym is, they're out to do evil. Like torture and mutilate people for information? It's necessary! If some evil members of a clandestine and malevolent organization must have their lives taken away in the furtherance of the safeguarding of those of innocent members of the general public, we are morally justified in administering this vigilante justice on the basis... You said he was conditioned in his sleep, not evil. You've been conditioned too. You're becoming Cask. Cask is the conditioning and the training and the torture and the murder, not some kind of plan for world conquest. Cask school is for people to be like, like you're becoming. Hello? <laughs> Who is it? Just breathing. That's them. They followed me. Who? The conspiracy against schizophrenic kooks. They did the same thing at Casca. And the guy in the window is the same guy who creeped in our window. What guy in the... Yeah! Okay, Tabby, if I'm supposed to be Cask too, then why would a Cask group be spying on my house? Don't you get it? The more they fight you, the more you fight them. The more you fight them, the more you train and kill, and the more Cask you become. Now, I'm going downstairs to find out what you've done to George. George is going to use one of his remaining fingers to pull this trigger on all of you unless somebody explains to me what Cask originally stood for, you lunatics. And why you're all so bent on destroying the koalas anyway. Okay, George, calm down. I'm sorry about the torture. Maybe we could go get a cup of coffee and- Pandy! I don't date crazy chicks. Now start talking fast. What's actually Cask? Your Cask! Try again, Captain Kirk. My father chose a Cask acronym is bait. He wanted to know why the Carousel Academy School of Karate was out to get him. I don't know, George. I just know that my mother trained me to fight some kind of conspiracy, and her mother trained her, and it ended up killing them both. I believe you don't know anything about it now, George. I'm so sorry about all that with the knife downstairs, but believe me, I don't know anything about it either. How did you get free, and how did you get a gun? The conspiracy against schizophrenic kooks broke in and freed me. My father found out about them and hired them. He wanted to antagonize some of the people who were working against their koala group. Somehow they showed up and... <gasps> the window creeper! George, keyword Adelaide. Yes, sir. Bobby, keyword emboldened. Yes, sir. Tabitha, keyword crump. Yes, sir. It's an honor to meet you, codename Potato. I'm codenamed Grapefruit, Emmanuel Blackstone in the outside world. My condolences on codenames Cauliflower and Eggplant, but you'll be joining them shortly. Who is Emmanuel Blackstone? How is he controlling the minds of Tabby, George, and Bobby? What does the conspiracy against schizophrenic kooks want? Is Cask a real organization or a state of mind? Is George a pawn of his conditioning or has he been lying? Will Pandora survive this latest threat? If you are curious about the answers to these questions, the wisest course of action would be to listen to the next episode of Like Daughter, Abandon All Hope. In that episode of Like Daughter, the narrator was Charles Berman, Pandora Darling was Guinevere Eckert, <laughs> Tabby was Ava Rose and Brat. Bobby Kurtzman was Jordan D. White, George Batista was Nicholas Roach, and Emmanuel Blackstone was Aaron Freaking Gold. The theme song was by Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Scapey. That's that's good of you to memorize all that for me. Now, um, we're just gonna, like I said, we're just gonna zip 
right through this. I'm just so dead exhausted because we've been recording this song. And I did I mention that we're, we're, the reason we're recording early is because there's an anime festival in New York that's actually going on right now, and we're missing it. Not that Scape's going to go to it. I could. No, no, you can't. But um, it's it's going on this weekend, and I'm going to go to it on tomorrow. Uh, Devin's at it right now, oddly enough. Oh, I know. I want to go see Mom. Well, no, you can't go see Mom, but... Listen, we're going to just keep cranking right through. If we get this done, then I can go see Mom. That's not fair. Well, no, it's not. But at any rate, here's uh, This Day in History, and where are they now in history? Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On September 28, 48 BC, upon landing in Egypt, Roman general and politician Pompey is murdered on the orders of King Ptolemy of Egypt. Pompey hoped that King Ptolemy, his former client, would assist him, but the Egyptian king feared offending the victorious Caesar. <clears throat> Servant? Yes? I want you to kill Pompey and that dog. No! Yes, I'm the king. I, I'll kill Pompey, but I won't touch the dog. Slay me if you must, Ptolemy, but do not harm Mr. Waffles. I will see Mr. Waffles and Ptolemy dead. <laughs> and Pompey dead, that is. I'm Ptolemy. <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. All right. All right. I'll do it. Good. Now my evil plan is complete. And it was the last thing he ever did, as he spent the rest of his many, many years sitting around struck with grief at hurting a young dog. Uh, of course, one should never abuse animals. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't just sit there. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? I'm guessing where. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ptolemy seemed very satisfied that he'd killed Mr. Waffles at the end of that. Why did he feel guilt when he sat there forever? Well, let me walk you through his thinking on the matter. Indeed, when Ptolemy sat back on his throne, he was quite satisfied with himself and began by thinking, Ah, it's good to be Ptolemy. It's good to have Mr. Waffles dead. I was so angry at that dog. Even though, when I was a young Ptolemy, I used to play with that dog, and it was very nice. And, you know, he would fetch things. I would, I would throw scepters and things like that, and he would bring them back to me. That was quite nice. And there was, of course, the time when I broke my leg, and Mr. Waffles kind of curled up next to me on the bed and would bark for my mother when I would need things. You know, that, that was nice of him to do, but, but seriously, he really shouldn't have pooped on my things like he did. It really upset me. I mean, yeah, granted, I do have a lot of servants who clean off the poop off of my things, so, you know, there was that. But really, I mean, how do you forgive a dog for that? Can, and don't you, it just makes you so angry you want to, you know, hit him and violently kill him. Because really, what did the dog do for me? Well, I mean, granted, yes, I did have to walk him, and that was nice and it kept me fit. It, it made me actually have to get up in the morning. Mornings when I would say, oh, I'm just going to blow it off, I'm not going, you know. He would, he, would, he would insist, he would wake me up and I would have to get up. And after, you know, five minutes of walking around, I sort of felt like, you know, this is good. I, I, I've got to jump on the day and I was thankful for it. Now, you know, I'm probably just going to sleep in all the time. So like not to mention, oh, you know, and I just remembered he's like a living being, right? So probably shouldn't have harmed him. I, I, you know, the more I think about this, worse I think. This was a really terrible thing. I, I really shouldn't have killed that animal. I, I, I really shouldn't have been violent towards a pet at all because animals, well, they're not people too, but they're animals as well, just like we are. And it's pretty unnecessary to be mean to them. My goodness, I feel bad. All right, I guess I'll just sit here forever then. And that's the full story. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. That's really weird that we got two pet taken care of in a row. Well, we did it really because the other pet one was two weeks ago, and then Rory screwed it up. That's true. So it's two weeks apart, two pet things. One was leave someone in charge of your pet, and this one is don't harm animals for no reason. But if, if you think about it, Dad, there's a lot of days in between, right? Days in history between. Well, that's true. That is true. So I guess I'm just worrying over nothing. Speaking of days in history, not really. I'm just kidding. I'm just transitioning. Let's get to this next show, which is called Tracked 
or fiction? Oh, good, good, good. Oh, you like tractor fiction? No, tractor fiction, I don't really care, but it means that when there's a tractor fiction or a debatorium, it means I get to do scapey stories, which I like very much. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. But this is tractor fiction, not scapey stories. Well, that's that's fine. I don't care. Well, you have to... Oh, you're such a jerk. Here's tractor fiction. Welcome to Tractor Fiction. This is Frank Allen. Uh, what was it? W-H-R-W. Binghamton. Uh, Tractor Fiction is a show in which we um, we do a little uh, dramatization of some works of Jack Chick. And then we uh, have a little debate about uh, the veracity of tracks. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, this tract is called Satan's Master. Uh, and it is about uh, supposed witchcraft. So uh, it should be educational. I know we've done other witchcraft tracks before, but... This one's just a little different, because uh, it has a different story. So, let's get right to it. The tract, Satan's Master. Once upon a time, in a tract based on a true story, just like the true story you're living right now, a powerful witch meets with little witch younglings, welcoming them into the evil fold. You've been initiated as witches in our coven. You are now one of us. You are now Satan's children, and Satan is the all-powerful god, the Mighty One. Excuse me, your highness. Wait a minute. I'm in Wicca. I don't serve Satan. My powers are only for good. I'd like you to leave, Hannah. I'll deal with your special case separately. Hannah will never realize what you've done to her. Hannah is in for a big surprise. Sisters, Satan is now your total ruler. He has the total power. You all became witches to get power, and I have more power than all of you put together. And all of you belong to me, because I am your highness. Now they're all afraid of me. And the little witchettes were afraid. She's going to hurt us! This isn't what I thought it would be. First chance I get, I'll get her. Unfortunately for the girls, her highness's personal demon, Richon, had heard them. Hey, heard Anne. She says she's gonna get you. Girls, you are now in an organization that forbids you to challenge my authority. And... The great father, Satan, has told me that you wish to get me. Any more of that and you'll be severely punished. <gasps> How does she know, Sarah? Served you right, stupid. She told you she had the power. I quit. I've had it. I'm leaving you, fishmongress. Okay, you asked for it, baby. Reach on. Let Anne see what it's like to fall out a three-story window. Right now! No! No! Stay away! Please! Please! I didn't mean it! <laughs> you see? There is no escape. You leave the craft only one way, and that's beat first. Now let's split. <gasps> this isn't a game anymore. They're playing for keeps. We've been had! Later, Her Highness goes to deal with the Hannah, who believed her powers were only for good and that she was pure. Hannah, dear, your powers are special. You are one with the universe. Please, let me tell you where you're most needed. Do you see that church over there, my dear? Those poor Christians really need your help. They are so blind. What can I do to help them? Well, um, young girls are facing many problems. The pastor is ignoring them. The girls need someone like you, and you're forced for good. You could lead them and teach them. Her most wonderful highness then tells her youngling acolytes of this scheme. 
Hannah will be teaching Sunday school at the corner church. You watch her there and report back anything unusual. Six months later, Hannah has a visitor in her Sunday school class. Class, we have a visitor. Jill's friend Judy is here. Let's give her a big welcome. But no one knew that Judy was an ex-high priestess of witchcraft, now serving Jesus. Girls, you have power within yourselves that you can release to solve your problems. When you are home alone, simply light a candle, a white candle. This will help you concentrate. This will strengthen your prayer life. Hannah, may I ask you a question, please? How should I pray about this kid in school who's hassling me? Look into the candle flame and concentrate on that kid and say, Oh, Father. She was referring to Satan. Release your energy in me to stop that kid. Amen. It's so simple. And this isn't new, girls. It's been around a long time, even before Christianity. Is it from an ancient religion, Hannah? Yes, even Jesus himself used it. This was a false statement. You see, Jesus was a great teacher and was called a prophet of God. We are all children of God, so we all have access to this power. (laughs) You're hanging yourself, lady. But Hannah, where does this power come from? The use of the candle with the words of the prayer triggers the release of power from what we call the positive material plane. This is the very essence of the power that holds the universe together. Hannah was paraphrasing from the official Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide. I really care about you girls, and I know it seems confusing, but there are many powers out there, and the Bible is one of the greatest. I'm always available to help you with the word, and to interpret it and guide you in it. Hold it, lady! You just blew your cover! You're a witch and I can prove it! Who put you over the Holy Spirit? What? When the Lord Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit... He said that the Spirit would guide us in all truth and will glorify Jesus as Lord and creator of everything that exists. But the Holy Spirit only gives that guidance to special teachers and leaders. Hannah, the word of God says, Repent, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Therefore, all true believers have the Holy Spirit to guide them. The Lord has shown me by what you teach that you are a white witch. You don't know it, but Satan is your master. You've been deceived, and you're deceiving others with this satanic teaching of yours. Hannah, I was a high priestess, and God graciously saved me. But one of the other little witchlings was nearby. I'll stop this old bag. Great Holy Father and Demon of the Tongue, I beseech you to tighten Judy's mouth so she can no longer speak those blasphemous words. So let it be. But Satan doesn't answer Sarah's prayers. He always double-crosses his followers. This can't be! My demon didn't even get through! Great Father, help! What's happening? I know who Satan's master is. It is the Lord Jesus Christ! Because of his love and power, I was able to get out of witchcraft alive! That night, Sarah returns to her highness's lair. Your highness, it was awful! We could do nothing! We're begging you to use your power! Okay, I'll send out my demon, Richan, to destroy her. But you must learn through this experience, and don't you expect me to help you ever again. The High Priestess uses powerful incantations to send out Richan to accomplish this mission. But an unexpected thing occurs. You dirty scuzzbazinger. You dare send me against a true born-again believer. Her angels almost killed me, and I'm going to beat you to death. No! Actually, yes. Almost. Her Highness crawls, dying, to the feet of her master, Satan. Great Father, I'm hurt. Help me. We help you, you stupid gingerhead rat You got yourself in this mess. Now get yourself out, 
<laughs> Suddenly, a distraught Hannah returned from the church. Your Highness, I had a terrible time in Sunday school this week. Uh, uh, what happened in here? Who are you? I am the Great Rechan. I disciplined this piece of trash, and now I'm going to get you. What? You can't. I'm a white witch. You little fool. We demons supply the power behind all forms of witchcraft. And this, this, this is for your failure to handle Judy. Oh my god, this can't be happening to me. Rechon eviscerated Hannah, tearing her spine from her body in a powerful and hideously bloody way, ensuring that she learned her lesson. Soon, after Sunday services, a mortified Sarah went to speak with Judy. Hannah died! It, it was horrible, and the High Priestess is in the intensive care unit. I'm scared to death. Can you help me? Of course, Sarah. And I'll show you who Satan's master is. Sarah, Satan is only a created being. The Bible says Jesus created all things. Satan is an angel with great power who rebelled against God with many other angels. Oh, but Judy, I signed a contract with my own blood, giving myself to Satan. It was Really gross. Can that ever be broken? Absolutely. Mine was broken by the blood of Jesus. Sarah, Satan was defeated when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. His precious blood paid for our sins. So now God will forgive us when we repent. In God's eyes, witchcraft stinks. When we repent, we make Jesus our Lord and Master instead of Satan. Sarah, can't you see Jesus as Satan's master? When the final battle is fought, the word of God says Satan will lose. When it's over, Sarah, and Satan is cast into the lake of fire, then he will bow down before Jesus and call him Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, I want to be set free, Judy. What should I do? Simply ask Jesus to forgive you for all you've done and to cleanse you and take away your powers of witchcraft. Then, your contract will be broken and your name will be in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's uh, the tract Satan's Master. Uh, as always, as I said earlier, we do have a debate, uh, and we have two uh, expert, uh, I almost said witnesses, but actually uh, expert debaters, who have been uh, rehearsing for this debate uh, for a while now. I think doing mock debates on other people's not-quite-as-good radio shows. Uh, but it's quite all right, uh, and we do have them ready right here. Uh, debater number one. Hello. Hi there. Uh, what's your name, ma'am? My name is Alexis Merriweather. Alexis Merriweather. And uh, who are you? I'm a candle maker. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, debater number two. I am Dr. Parsis from Planet Science. Planet and I promise... 25 light years into space, we have been listening to your programs, and because I had nothing better to do, I built a time machine to travel, and in my time machine, I built a robot to specifically win this debate. Excellent. That's, that's probably the most preparation anybody's ever done for a single debate on the show history ever. Uh, now, what was your name? Dr. P... Dr. Parsis. Parsis. And my debatatron 9001. Oh, that's sophisticated looking. It Excellent. is fancier than any of your foolish Earth technology. Well, I'm sure that's Even true. iPods? Prepare to face debate death because your iPods are mere crumbling termite wooden thingies compared to this. Waste of my money, I guess. Um, I, I do need a coin, actually. Does anybody have a coin? How unprepared of you. Oh, now listen. They don't pay me much. And uh, they don't pay me in coins. So, here we are. 
Uh, and a flip of the coin reveals the fact that we all knew, which is that Dr. Pars... Correct. Parsons? Parsis. Parsons. Not Alan Parsons. Oh, Dr. Parsis believes that this tract is 100% true. This tract, which is Ransom. No, no, no. We're doing Satan's Master. Ransom was last week. I have set the wrong coordinates. My debate robot has been misprogrammed. Well, are you going to be able to debate? You, you did all that work preparing for the debate, and you did the wrong tract. Are you going to be able to debate this? Don't talk for me, robot. Know your place. Yes, we can do it. Okay, good, good. Uh, and uh, Miss Mary, Mary Weather? Mary- I am prepared as usual. No, I, I know, but you uh, believe the tract is false, correct? Yes, I do. And uh, you get to go first as the uh, attacker, so to speak. Well, um, as I mentioned, I am a candle maker. And I test every candle that I make and sell. Uh-huh. And none of my candles have ever actually helped with prayer or helped to make prayers come true. Okay. Uh, so you're saying that... Well, no, hold on. Uh, the, I think the tract was actually kind of disproving that point anyway. The tract was saying that that's nonsense. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure, yeah. That was an evil person. Well, then I need to check my notes. Yes, please. Go ahead, crazy doctor. <laughs> Did you hear the way Judy was speaking in that tract? Did you? She emphasized every third or fourth word in a very, very, very exceedingly awkward way, like she was being possessed by someone. That is my current theory. And furthermore, what is the percentage of people with true faith? Mr. Chick, as you would, as you call him on this planet, we have other names for him. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything is pretty confused right now. (laughs) You're supposed to say this is true. Yes, well, all right. Maybe we should switch places. Nah, I'm sorry. I was studying for the wrong tract. I'm sorry. Would you get to use the robot? I admit I am completely unfamiliar with this, but from the gist that I overheard through the doorway... Do you think that this tract is true? Yes, absolutely! I stake my life on it! Okay, well, let's let's try this again. All right. Miss Merriweather. Aha! Yes, I have the missing page. Okay. My candles have indeed... With their flames, helped prayers come true. Prayers to Satan. Prayers to other gods. So, okay, so you're saying that Jesus is not the way. That is correct. And that Hannah was correct when she said that a candle can bring you good things, uh, not through Satan, through es- good things, through Especially your my white candles. They work beautifully. Well, that's much better than what you were saying before. And Excellent. as for my argument, now that I have been informed on the contents of this week's tract... Okay. Ransom is false, by the way. This one, however, is true. Very true. True as life itself. Now, these deaths could only have been caused by the great deceiver, for it seems to me that a spine simply does not jump out of its own body. It would need a tremendous, tremendous external force, perhaps a spiritual force. And I'm running through the computer. The computer is trying to think. Computer, is there any other force that could have done this besides Satan? Well, that's that's pretty convincing. Indisputable check and mate, little girl. Miss Merriweather, I don't know how you can come back from that. This is my expert witness who's going to help me win. I am a doctor of Scientology, and I like Tom Cruise a lot, but my name is Tom Cruises. Tom Cruises. And Tom is short for Tomalina. Tomalina Cruises. All right, well, you, uh, you have an expert rebuttal uh, on the, uh, what the machine there said. This track has to be false because there is no Jesus. Um, wait, why would you say that? 
Uh, what evidence? Because they're all volcanoes and aliens. Oh, sorry. Uh, and he must be on drugs. Okay, so you're saying the idea uh, that Jesus exists is preposterous, and that. But he might. The the doctor. Doctor Parsis is on drugs. No, no, Doctor Parsis is here to resurrect us. Doctor Parsis is who you're fighting against. Yes, but he's incorrect in this. What are you talking about? Let 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 me help. My my name is Katie Holmes, and 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 Tom. He just he needs his medication. I'm Tom, sorry. That's Tom. Well, Tom Cruise. Yes. Oh, I thought you were She's been a- hanging around the mansion and trying you, you to poke my her? baby, and we need to get her out of here. Hey, Katie, how are those candles working for you? Are you contacting the aliens yet? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. I feel them in my brain. Well, uh, so hold on. Hold on a sec. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a sec. Miss Holmes. Yes, yes. Miss Holmes. So you actually believe all of these things about uh, uh, psychology being false and- uh, Oh, it's uh, crap. Uh, and that that the aliens uh, that we all are possessed by evil aliens that need to be pushed yes. out of us. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, In my brain. You believe that? Yes. Do you? Yes. Okay. Uh, Doctor Parsons, I would do you, stake do you my know baby about on this? it. You you're from the future and from another planet. Do you know anything about these aliens they're referring to? No, but I do know something about resurrection, and I do know that resurrections are a matter of course after death, where I come from. And yet I refuse to resurrect any of you. Therefore, Jesus' deeds are entirely plausible as those resurrecting oneself is done on our planet all the time. I'm, I'm sorry, did you just say that resurrections are a matter of course? You wouldn't know it, but they are. They are. Laugh with me, computer. <laughs> I, I'm just, even, even sinners? Are sinners resurrected? Define sin. I have to speak as a child. A a murderer. Is a murderer resurrected after death? When one can resurrect someone, murder becomes a rather less important crime, don't you think? I'm sorry, did you say this tract was true? Yes. Okay. True as life! So you're saying... No, okay, I'm sorry. Expert, go ahead. Um, I'm a murderer, and I like this idea. Of murderers being resurrected. I like this idea a lot. Well, it sounds good. I mean, it would, right? Because you could kill people. It's not that big of a deal that they die. This would do great things for my profession. If you put people, if you get put to death when you get caught, you come back anyway. Can I ask a question? Do you, you get paid for this? You get paid as much as they got on them? He it's, gets, it's actually, it's a, gr- it's a good living. You get paid to murder? No, 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 no. no. She steals from the dead bodies, I think oh. is what she's saying. Yeah. I see, I see. So let me let me see if I can get this straight. Um, Dr. Parsis. Yes? You're saying this tract is true. Because, um, okay, Jesus is the only way, but it doesn't really matter if you kill other people because they'll just come back. So, so these other people do bad things, and then the the demon Satan and Rechon kill them, but it's really not that big of a deal because they're just going to be coming back anyway. Well, if you were on our planet, it wouldn't be a big deal. On this miserable rock, it is a big deal. I'm arguing from that framework. Okay, okay. So, furthermore, it's not so much that Jesus isn't the only way, but witchcraft. It's a stupid way. Oh. Now, what's wrong with witchcraft? Tell us about that. Well, when you deal with witchcraft, you work with far, 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 far too many intermediaries. Oh, I see. So, and they don't have the witch's best interest in mind, as I believe this track clearly, clearly shows. Okay. I, get, I can see that. Uh, well, uh, Miss Merriweather. Uh, I don't think the stupidity of any religion that you may or may not like has anything to do with its validity. Well, I, here's oh, here's what I have. I believe a all about. your religions are equally stupid. I am unbiased. This if, doesn't mean that they're right or wrong or true or not, though. If Jesus is Satan's master, uh, doesn't that mean he's just following orders? 
You mean Satan is just following orders? Yeah, I mean, if Jesus is his master, I don't master, think right? they so, meant that kind of master. Well, in what other way could he be his master? The only, the only... He's more powerful. Well, that doesn't mean so. That doesn't mean he's his master. There's plenty of people who are more powerful than me, but I don't do what they say because they don't tell me to do things. Look, I'm the one who says this tract is false, so... Well, do you agree with me, then? Yes. Okay. Actually, if I may interject for you, a you may, you may. Um, the, a long time ago, the Catholic Church did have a theory that... Uh, Jesus and God allowed Satan to carry out mayhem and mischief on people, so to develop their spiritual goodness. They kind of renounced that recently because it wasn't so good for the whole good evil duality thing. But at one time, that was a that was a valid claim, so it's entirely possible. And is that why you kill people? I don't kill people. That's uh, that's 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 uh, Sam. That's Samantha. Well, that's a different person. Oh yes, she looks like me and she talks like me and she walks like me sometimes, but she's totally not me. Your identical cousins? Yes. Okay. Identical cousins. Well, we're sisters too. Oh, well, that's see. not. That's Where are not. You As from? a Scientologist, yes? I have to object. To? You are all misinformed. About what? The meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> yes, uh, Debatatron, you have uh, something to add, I believe. Y E S. What is that? This foolish machine is programmed for ransom. I have, I'm sorry, it tries to help, but it's going off. Like, uh, maybe this can double as my final debate since this planet depresses me in every conceivable way. On my planet, there are only a few sources of your Earthenoid culture that manage to travel one, travel through. One is WHRW Binghamton. That's good. The other is Monday Night Football. That's not so good. And the other is Jack Chick Tracks. Oh, that's terrible. Which have been dispersed into space. My goodness. And I believe your President Chick is correct. I'm sorry, he's not our president. Not at all. We have been led to believe that. But the argument remains the same. He's right. Yes. And you would elect him president, apparently. I believe so, for his tracks are accurate. Hail to the chief. That's a that's a compelling, compelling argument. Uh, and, uh, Miss Merriweather, I guess I'm going to let you take the final uh, closing argument. Well, I think it's a stupid, stupid argument. I don't see how you can pit me against some ridiculous alien well, hold on, hold from on. the future, who, by the way, negates his own argument since he is an alien. Yes, but he did say that Jack Chick should be president. Which is wrong as well. In fact, he said Jack Chick was president. He's misinformed on every subject. I make candles. I see aliens and demons in the flames of these candles, as do many of my patrons. Well, it's if you want to talk about false. negating arguments, didn't you start out by saying that nobody got Seth I didn't powers? have all my notes with me. That doesn't make me wrong or stupid. It makes me unobservant sometimes. So in the course of a minute, you realized that candles do give people powers. Well, you did tell me I had to argue the other side. I did, yes, but I didn't say to lie. And I was I prepared. did not lie. I have the documentation right here. Well, and then I you were lying before. For Chick's glorious track, Ransom, which I can debate at a moment's notice but if I need be. I thought you said it was false. Is it gloriously false? <laughs> Mr. Allen, this man is an idiot, and I think he should get out of the studio, and you should declare me the winner right now. Can I tell you something? Both you of like you, candle? both of you have completely <laughs> argued against yourself. Far more than you've argued against each other. I've argued for myself far the entire more. time. If, if my Tommy Poo was here, he would set you all straight. Tom Cruise, and you would, would know what is crap and what isn't. You know, I'm I have a feeling that if Tom Cruise was here, he probably would be talking more sense than either of you. But uh, let's, you know what? This debate is, I think, just about ready to simmer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, stop poking my baby. Unfortunately for all of us, uh, Doctor Parsis is correct. 
And you're uh, all clearly idiots. Jack, Jack Chick should be president. And, uh, oh gosh, all sorts of wonderful points. Terrible, stupid, wrong points. No, no, they're right. Your points are wrong. Go, <laughs> go back to your first point where candles don't do anything, because that was right. Yes, you agreed with me before your IQ dropped early, early in this debate. Well, you agreed with her at first, so I wouldn't talk about that. You're no smarter than I. All right, well, uh, this has probably been the most ridiculously incorrect tractor fiction ever, Um, but... Wait, you just said it was true, that he was right. No, that was true. The whole episode has been a a big pile of wrong. Those on my planet will enjoy it in 25 years once the beams go by. That's excellent. Uh, Congratulations on your successful time travel. While mostly successful, you were off by a week. And congratulations on your win. Hopefully everybody at home has learned a lot about uh, whether or not you should debate with time-traveling aliens. And also that witchcraft is apparently not really that good. It works for Satan or something like that. I wasn't really paying that much attention. But this is Tractor Fiction. I'm Frank Allen. Good night. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of... Frank Allen, Anna Carl, Sarah Down, Guadalupe Eckert, <laughs> Patrick Ganan, Rin Nelson, Lisa Pantuso, Sam Thomason, Jacob Thompson, Tongwen Long, Devin White, and Jordan D. White. Thank you, Scapey. That was a long list of names for you to memorize. That's very good. I have a very good memory. That's how I did my songwriter. And that's how I do my Scapey stories every week. I have to remember the whole story. Yes, in, in very, very specific detail. You practically are, you're practically reading it right out of the thing. It's such a direct... No, Dad, no. I, I reinterpret. I mean, come on. Well, you, you take some liberties, I'm sure. No, no, no liberties. But I do take, like, pride in my work. That's not related at all. I mean, they're both taking, but they're different kinds of things entirely. Well, look, the point is, I tell good stories and I have good memory because I can remember everything in the story. It's super important to remember it all. Right, right, right. Um, So speaking of which, this next one is Scapey Stories, part three of Herbert West Reanimator. Anything you want to say to prepare for it? No, no. I mean, sit back and relax, because you're about to get scared. All right. Scary Stories From a Cat in the Dark Hello, and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White, as always, here to introduce the show. This is a show in which Scapey tells scary stories to everybody. But we are in the middle of a special series where Scapey is telling all six parts of Herbert West Reanimator over the course of six shows. Isn't that right, Scapey? Yes, that is correct. Herbert West Reanimator is a very good story so far. We're going to be halfway done at the end of this episode, so that's very exciting. Right, right. And with us this time to listen to part three of Herbert West Reanimator, animator, is Ptolemy's inner psyche. Now, that's sort of a strange thing to say, but Ptolemy is is sitting somewhere until he dies, apparently, and uh, we don't have him here because he's still sitting there, but we have telepathic communication with him, and we're going to be recording him that way, so we do have his inner psyche listening in and talking with us. Is that not correct, Mr. Ptolemy's inner psyche? Yes, that is correct. I am Ptolemy's inner psyche. I am thinking about things right now, and I'm thinking things to you, so that is, in fact, how this is going to work. Excellent. Thank you for being here. Now, here to recap what was learned last time on the show is our previous listener, Mr. Muffin. Hello. Mr. Mr. Do you, do you mean Mr. Waffles, the dog that I killed by accident? Well, it wasn't an accident. Oh, no, it wasn't an accident. But is that who it is? No, 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 no. This is Mr. Muffin's Arbuckle. This is uh, a dog that Fatty Arbuckle killed. It's 
just a weird coincidence. Oh, that's that's very strange. Yes. Um, but anyway, Mr. Muffins. Hello. Just too strange. Okay, so like last week there was a story about these guys who look like my dad and they got out of medical school and wanted to bring their dad back from the dead to life. And they kept trying, but um, they didn't have fresh enough bodies. So, um, oh, and they were arguing. This one guy was arguing with this other guy about if he should do it. And the other guy wasn't curious enough. And he died. And because he didn't want to know about new bugs, I guess. And You're screwing this up, you stupid dog. It was about Dean Harsley and the typhoid. I'm, I'm supposed to recap. I'm just doing it. This is what I took away from the story. And so Dean Halsey dies and they bring him back, but he's kind of a creature and he kills 14 to 18 people, maybe 15 to 19 people. 15 to 19. Okay. And uh, he comes back to life and then it's scary. And that was the end of part two. Fine. All right. Thank you for that. So now, Scaby, it's time for you to begin part three. Yes, it is. Herbert West, Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Part three. Six shots by Moonlight. Okay, once more time, it's like kind of weird that somebody would be like, I'm going to shoot the gun six times or six bullets because it's like, you only need to shoot one usually to kill something, right? But Herbert West is kind of strange. So, so it turns out he was like, bing, 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 or whatever, six of them. So bang, 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 bang. Bang? I don't know, six. Six would be bang, 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 bang. Yeah, but it was even faster than that. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, that was, I think that was what it was like. But that's kind of strange. Uh, in addition, you know what else is strange? Is that two dudes who are getting to be doctors would be, like, lying about why they chose the house that they would be doctors in. Like, that was what we did. We lied. Because we didn't want to say that we chose the house we were choosing because it was far away from people and it was near a cemetery. <laughs> I was in a cemetery once. Presumably Mr. Waffles is in the cemetery now. Do they bury dogs in cemeteries? It's sort of a strange question. No, they d- no, they don't. And I don't... Why are you thinking about that? I'm sorry. Sometimes my mind wanders. You well, know. don't. You gotta focus on this scary story. So let me tell you. It was very sensible about, of us to lie about this. It, it seems weird, but let me tell you, it's sensible because we were pretending that we were just doctors. But really, we had a much greater purpose because Herbert West was obsessed with bringing back the dead from death to life again. So we had to be near a cemetery so he could steal dead bodies to bring back to life. Duh. Now, Herbert West and I were friends from college. We met in medical school, and I started helping him back then on the crazy experiments with the dead people and bringing them back to life. So when we graduated from college, we were like, we were to stay together, and we had to try to find a place that needed two doctors, and it was kind of difficult, but we found one. It was in a town called Bowton, and it had a mill where they had, you know, a lot of workers who didn't speak English. So, right, so most doctors were like, oh, don't speak English. Well, I don't speak English. I don't know what the problem is. So it doesn't seem like it's bad to not speak English. For example, none of the people I know speak English as far as I'm aware. I think we all speak many different you're, you're, languages. You're speaking English right now. That's ridiculous. I'm not speaking English. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking in my language. But I'm hearing you in English. Well, then it has something to do with the psychic translation, but I don't speak English, I tell you. Whatever. Anyway, look, we were 
just like, we'll work with those people because we get to be in this cottage that is kind of off to the side of everything and relatively close to the, the cemetery. Not like right next to it. We would have liked to be closer, but we had to be also close to the patients, kind of. So there was nobody between us and the cemetery. So we could walk from the cemetery to our house with a dead body and nobody would see us. That's what was important. And our, our doctor business was kind of doing really well. It was sort of surprising. We were like, oh, there's a lot of people. And if we were just regular doctors, we would have been like, awesome. But we, like I said, we, we were not. So we were like, okay, boring, you guys. Stop getting sick. And it, they, they not only were getting sick, but they would always be fighting or stabbing each other or stupid stuff like that, those people. So we would be like, okay, I'm going to help you. Suck, 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 suck. Because really, we just wanted to bring dead people back. But whatever. And we had a secret laboratory down in the basement with electric lights and craziness. And in the middle of the night, if we could get a sample, we would be giving it chemicals and to bodies and stuff and trying to bring them back to life. And you have to make sure you have really fresh bodies. That's the thing. Because a lot of times, we would get bodies that were just not fresh enough. We'd put it in and it would be nothing. Nothing would happen. We'd be like, oh, it didn't work. Because it wasn't fresh enough. Because, I mean, we, we knew this from way back. Because back in college, we had gotten some bodies that were not quite as fresh as our dad, okay? And uh, at least ever since then, we've been kind of freaked out. And Herbert West felt like he was being fired for some reason. And it makes sense that we'd be freaked out because at least one of them was still alive. There was Dr. Halsey. He was still wrapped up in the asylum, still alive after we brought him back from the dead. And the first body that we brought back, we don't even really know what happened. Maybe, maybe he's alive, maybe not. Who knows? So much uncertainty, so much not to know. And in fact, there's a lot that I don't know as well. I mean, Mr. Waffles. Mr. Waffles could be in heaven. Mr. Waffles could be in hell. Mr. Waffles, or perhaps, perhaps there is no soul and Mr. Waffles has ceased to exist. Well, no, because Mr. Muffins is a ghost. Oh. All right, well, then there's that. I suppose that I should be thankful for that. But he's probably still in hell because he's a dog. Dogs suck. That was one of the, the lessons from last week that he forgot to mention. Dogs suck, so... Dogs don't suck. No, that's not true. I feel bad for anything bad I've ever said or done about a dog. Someday you, too, will feel my pain. You will know that you should never have said such hideous things about that dog, and you will just be sitting there thinking and wishing you could take back all the mean and irredeemable things that you've said about dogs. No, I don't think that's true because dogs suck, whereas cats are awesome. So, in Bolton, we had a much better luck for the most part than we did in Arkham with bodies. We would, you know, every once in a while we would find a good one. We got this one that was in pretty good shape and we put in the juice and it opened his eyes and it had this expression that was like so totally regular looking and like it was as though the expression was like, ah, I see that I am alive once more. Hmm, that is an interesting thing. But then he died again because it stopped working. I guess it wasn't as fresh as that, but it was like, okay, for a second, I look like uh, he really gets it. But it died. Maybe because it didn't have an arm. I don't know. Well, I don't think that the arm would keep you from being alive. I mean, it, you can lose an arm and, and stay alive. Yeah, but this one died. Yes, but I I'm saying I doubt it's because of his arm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Look, it could have been because of his arm. Well, I suppose anything's possible. But I would point out that there are creatures who don't have arms. I mean, you, for example, don't have any arms. You only have legs, and yet you are able to live. Well, 
worked out. That's true. Okay, so it's probably not because of his arm. But anyway, look, I mean, the fact is we had a button. Sometimes it worked a little bit, sometimes it didn't work at all. The truth is, it was better if it didn't work at all, because sometimes when it worked a little bit, they would go crazy, you know? Anyway, one night, we got a body that we didn't even get from the cemetery. Uh, what happened was, one of the, those foreign guys came up and was like, blah, 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 whatever, saying something. And we were like, okay, we followed him, and they had had a fight. Now, I don't mean like an like a angry fight. I mean, they were having boxing. Boxing was illegal in Bolton, and I'll tell you, it's probably right that it was illegal, because, for example, in this case, uh, one of the guys was totally dead when we got there. We were like, there's O'Brien, he was one of the fighters, and the other guy was the Harlem Smoke, and he was dead. Harlem Smoke was dead. He was, so the, the, the Irish guy was like, oh, blah, 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 but the black guy was dead. Everybody was freaked out, because they were like, oh, man, are we going to go to jail, because we were watching a fight, uh, I don't know. So Herbert West was like, listen, I'll tell you what. I'll take the body. We'll be all right. What do you think? And they were like, okay, sure. So we took the body. We snuck him home, trying to avoid the police and stuff like that. And, uh, well, it was kind of anticlimactic because we put in the juice and nothing happened. So we put in more juice and nothing happened. And we put in some more. Nothing happened. So we were like, well, crap. So we took him out. We buried him. Not that deep, I guess. But we were like, whatever. Nobody's going to be working over here. So fine. We covered it with dirt and moss and vines or whatever. And the next day, we were very nervous about the police. We were like, oh, what if the police are working? And the fact is, we heard a rumor that there was a fight and somebody died. So we were like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I hope nobody works. Oh, crap. Well, if there was a rumor, that is pretty dangerous, isn't it? It may, it may be that there is someone looking for them. It may be that there's someone looking for me to punish me for Mr. Waffles. Oh, Mr. Waffles, why did I have to hurt you? So I shouldn't have done it. I really shouldn't. Okay, have. not for the dogs. Serious. If, if, if you kill a dog, you owe Okay by me. That's the new policy. Oh, that's a terrible policy. That's, that's really quite a hideous policy, you know. Really, you should never hurt dogs. You should never... Well, look, just I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What? What? If Herbert West figures out how to reanimate, maybe he would bring back the dogs. Oh, do you think he would? Well, you never know. So you better listen very closely to find out. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So anyway, I said, we were with the priest. Herbert West went out to an Italian woman whose son was missing, and she started having heart palpitations or something and she died. And then the husband was like, Herbert West, why did you let her die? I will kill you. And he tried to kill Herbert West and everybody was having to hold him back. And Herbert West was like, oh God, oh, I'm nervous now. And people were looking for this missing child and they couldn't find him. And you know, it was just a crazy day. It was a crazy day. And we were so freaked out. We were like, oh God, if they're looking for this crazy child, then what if they find the dead body we buried? Oh no, no. So we were nervous too. And then we went to bed that night, freaked out already. But then in the middle of the night, Something started rattling at the door. Rattle, 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 rattle. Oh, Mr. W Mr. Waffles used to scratch at the door when I would let him out. When he would want to come back in, he would go rattle, rattle, rattle at the door. And if I would close the door to my bedroom at night, I would hear rattle, 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 let me in, let me in. And he would want to come in and sleep by my side because he loved me so much and he did not deserve to die. He did not deserve to die. This isn't about your stupid dog. This show officially endorses dead dogs. Oh, that's, that's terrible. That's just a terrible thing to say. Look, listen what? to me. Shut up. Listen to me! What is it? We're getting to the scary part of the story, and you are screwing it up with your stupid dog! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I, I, will, I will compose myself. I'm sorry. You better. Okay, so rattling at the door. And Herbert West woke up too. And he grabbed his gun. And he grabbed his, his flashlight. And he was like, we better go open it. Because it could be a patient. But, uh, well, okay, let's, let's go check. And so we went downstairs. And the rattling was getting louder. Like, rattle, 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 rattle. We were like, heard a hunter. And Herbert kind of, I was thinking, oh man, he's probably scared that it's the Italian dude who wants to kill him. But we went to go open the door. And, and so I slowly and cautiously unbolted it and threw the door open. And then all of a sudden, Herbert West shot out those bullets. Six of them. Bang, 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 bang. And then I was like, what, what happened? Why did he shoot all the bullets? Why did he shoot all the bullets? I don't know. I don't understand. But what it was, was it wasn't the Italian guy. It wasn't? No. And it wasn't a policeman who was looking for us for the dead guy. No. No. It was a big, naked, black guy covered in dirt and moss and vines and hanging out of his mouth was a dead child's arm. Oh, that's terrible. The end of that part. Oh, that's hideous. That's just a terrible thing. That's just a terrible thing because a child who's dead, you know, that's a terrible thing to kill a child. It's almost as bad as killing a dog. It's probably worse than killing a dog, in fact, but it's it's really on the same level. They're, they're both alive and I really should never have killed Mr. Wobble. It's just a terrible thing to do. Oh my God, will you shut up about your stupid dog? This was a kid. An Italian kid was killed and you're like, oh, it's like a dog. No! Italian kid is like a dog? That's really wrong. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, I really should never have said that. That's terrible. You know, the, those poor parents, they lost a child, and that's really a terrible thing. And I'm sure, you know, really, really, the black gentleman, the, the, the Harlem Smoke, he was someone's child as well. And and someone loved him just as much as I loved Mr. Waffles. I loved him. You are, you are absolutely pathetic. You just suck. You know, I hear I tell a scary story, and you're like, oh, I have a personal tragedy. Well, sh- keep your personal tragedy out of my show. Because frankly, it's supposed to be scary. People are listening to this to be scared, and they're going to be like, oh, I feel bad about a dog. Shut up about a dog! Dogs suck. Better if they're dead. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Well, I, I'm sorry for your loss, um, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you for that, because it really is terrible. It really is terrible to to lose someone you care about, even if it was, in fact, you who ordered them to be dead. You are so stupid. God damn it. All right, Scapey, all right. Well, um, we should just wrap it up then, I think, so he can go be himself and rest. Yes, yes, please. So, Scapey, you know, last time you said that this, you think the scary moral is going to be get a fresher one. Is that still what you think? No, 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 no. Because I, I will tell you, there is still some get a fresher one stuff in this episode. But I actually think I'm going to go back to my previous guess because it sounds like this one. The scary girl is your chemical might take longer than you think because that's what happened. Uh, also, last time I said dogs are stupid, and I was going to say that maybe that was not the case because that's not really in the story. But dogs are stupid, and you are pathetic for crying on your stupid dog. That's just a terrible thing to say. Scapey, that's just, that's so mean. If you died, I would be sad and you're just a cat. Well, cats are better than dogs are, so that's said tomorrow. Scapey, that's just really mean. Pets are, people love their pets, and it's understandable that they are very sad when they die. He killed his dog! He killed it! Well, uh, that's, that's true. That is a little, that was a little. Right! All right, well, we should wrap this up. All right, fine. Next time on Scapey Stories, we're going to get some more scariness, and I think there might be something about how long the chemical takes, maybe. I will say, uh, I didn't mention it in there, but I do think it's a little strange that Ptolemy sounded very different externally than he did internally. In fact, 
internally he sounded just like Roy Sinjin with like an echo effect. Well, Dad, I think that makes perfect sense because who sounds, do you think I sound like this in my head? Well, what do you sound like in your head? Well, if you had that telepathic thing, you would know, but you didn't, you didn't bring it. No, I thought we were done with it. Well, that's your problem. But if you could, if you could, then you'd hear me singing with my, I mean, I tell you, I have a great voice to sing as you were here soon. But I have an even better voice to sing in my head. That's pretty ridiculous, Gabe. I, I don't know if I believe that that's possible. I know, it's hard to believe, because my voice is so good. But, trust me, in there, it's even better. Well, uh, before we get to your song, which we're about to get to, because, I mean, this show is, like I said, it's jam-packed, so we're just kind of going through the, the host segments a little faster. Before we get to our song, I, I will say we didn't get any mail, any listener mail to read on the show, so please write into us at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. And I think you're definitely going to want to write in because you're going to want to talk about this next thing, which is the Scapey song. Now, before we get to the details of the song, uh, I first want to say thank you to everyone for writing in about what we would call this segment of the show. Are we going to call it Scapey Rocks or are we going to call it Pet Sounds? Now, let me say, we got a lot of votes. We got, I mean, look at the list. It's uh, 4,753 votes. And it was a very narrow margin, very close but Pet Sounds is the winner. So I want to thank you all, because that, that was the one that I suggested. So thank you. I, I think that is awesome. And I think that sucks, but whatever. As long as I get to do a rock album, I guess it doesn't matter what you call it. That's true. That's true. And and those, you know, 4,000-something people are going to be, like I said, very split down the middle. It's it was, it was close. It was within 15 votes. But Pet Sounds did win. So this is the section we like to call Pet Sounds by Scapey White. Scape, will you refresh everyone's memory as to what the assignment for this month was? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. The assignment was to write a song in the style of either my favorite song or in the style of my favorite group or, or singer. And, uh, and I chose to do one modeled after my favorite rock group. Well, that's very interesting. What Now, let me ask this. What is your favorite rock group? Is it, uh, is it ACDC? Is it They Might Be Giants? I don't really know what it, what it is. Well, I had to do a lot of thinking because there's a lot of songs I really like. But in the end, I decided that my favorite rock group is Shonen Knife. <laughs> Shonen Knife. So that's an all-girl Japanese... Kind of Ramones-esque punk group. That's your favorite rock group. Yeah, absolutely. They're super good. I, I like them. You don't understand what they're saying most of the time. Well, sometimes they sing in Japanese, but sometimes they sing in English. But even when they sing in English, it's hard to understand them. No offense meant by that, but it's, you know, it's true. Well, listen, they have a song that I really like called Miracles, where they are singing meow, 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 and that part is very cool. <laughs> so you like, you chose your favorite band. Because for one part of one song, they say meow, 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 meow. You don't get to choose how I choose. I get to choose my favorite based on anything I want. You see me going, oh, you like They Might Be Giants because of their music? You could choose whatever you want, okay? You're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. So so you wrote a song uh, in the style of Shonen Knife, correct? Yes. And do you want to tell anybody what that song is, what's it called, things like that? Sure. The song is called Russian, and it's about Russian. Because I like Brussels. And I should point out, due to your bad slash unclear grammar, that you mean you like being brushed. Yeah, yeah, I like to be brushed. You should brush me. Right. All right, well, uh, hopefully everybody will enjoy brushing as we leave you with a scapey song. And uh, we'll all be back next week. Hopefully all four of us will be, be here next week. Is there any reason we won't be here next week? Not that I know of. That's true, and you're, you don't know much of anything, so I should really ask myself. Jordan, is there any 
reason that we wouldn't be here next week? Not that I know of. All right. So hopefully we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll leave you with brushing. Be seeing you. episode of Casting Rocks. On Epidecos, the flashback fights somebody who talks weird. How come you haven't even attempted to destroy us, the most respected Earthen superheroes? Osmological Maxery Bin Bin Axel Grease Monkey Monk Apathy. You dare to question the greatness of the mad hater? And on Deckard Hayes, uh, Macy Sage is a girl. <coughs> what? What happened? You tell me. It looks an awful lot like you torched Mama's place. Why? I have no idea. My guess is you finally flipped your lid. No. Why did you save me? Plus, some history stuff. Due to my parochial American heritage, I'm unaware of what's pirated and what's legitimately offered for sale. All this and unfortunately no scary stories for going interview thing instead, but I'm okay because I get to be awesome forever. It's all coming your way October 5th to waxwork.com.